it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dad, before we start this week's episode, I want to address some of the internet comments from last week's episode. We did the gay law, a very successful episode. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. But there's some people that don't get the show and that criticize me for, you know, the way the family kind of quote unquote mocks you and stuff and we don't right. appreciate you. So I just want to say on the front end, I know you know this, but to the people out there, our family loves the PFPI Gala. We love my dad. Uh, he knows that um, we have so much fun in so many ways. And one of the ways is just giving each other crap. It's how we right. show our love. And I just kind of wanted to say at the front of this episode that I saw those comments and I feel like I'm giving them what they wanted by addressing it, but I just want you to know that I appreciate you. I appreciate the PFPI Gala, and I wanted to just kind of say that for those people out there that think that, you know, there's any animosity. Right. No, there's none. I I want to absolve you of all guilt that is undo you because, like you say, we give each other shit. We we have fun. We make fun. We needle each other. We rag each other, and that's the way it goes, and we love it, and we all love PFPI. That's clear. So that kind of thing. Let's do the show. Okay. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. We had a uh, a rough loss, and well, this is not starting. I'm just talking. Right. We had a, we had a rough loss in highlight last night. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, that's sad. I got heckled by the other team's owner. Did you? Yeah. Why? Who's the other team's owner? Well, no, because I said bleep the Wall Warriors on social media a few weeks ago yeah and you played the wall warriors yeah oh my god and it's one of those things where i think i need to just take the l and like wear it for the team that like we just did not play well right and we can well, start let's, like let's start right. about- no, no, we've started it's the greg cody show okay. i don't know why right. i said we, are, we weren't recording yet we're recording okay um but yeah it's just the team did- well, you egged on the other team and they kick your ass yeah and you know if the words that I said made us drop the routine balls that we were dropping, then that's on me. Right. But, you know, like, and, and our guys would admit it. We didn't play well. The first, We played, we had a tough schedule out the gate. Both our first two games against the Wall Warriors, who are, I, I don't know who the betting favorites are, but to me, the Wall Warriors, along with us, I, I thought going into the year. So we had a tough schedule to start and we played, right. we, we competed the first match, but this, this on Friday night wasn't pretty. We, we had six game like we had six matches in the game right and we only won one of them oh my god Uh, ouch this can't i know it's technically a professional league because players are paid but there can't be betting lines on these games right what what are you talking about dad that's the the whole reason highlight exists is because of betting well it's not highlight we're talking about like with i think what dad it is hot what are you talking about like people there's it like like it's not legal in florida so we can't do it but i believe it's bet rivers is like the site (laughs) in the legal states where you can bet on these matchups wow because that what do you mean are you blown away dad you like you you grew up with highlight right like you're this is news to you that people bet on highlight i just didn't know that this you could bet on 
you know, the Sesta Cyclones against the Wall Warriors. But, I mean, I didn't... it's paramutuals, Dad. There's people, like, in, in all the states that it's legal, if you go okay. to Bet Rivers, you can I bet. I on that. You can bet on anything. Well, not in Florida yet, but... You can place a bet on how long this podcast is going to last. I think the over-under is 52 and a half minutes. Well, you could just tell by looking at the description how long the podcast is. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So they would be, never be they a, would never set a betting that'd be a line rough, for that. That would be a rough bet for the house. Right. Let me say one last thing about your highlight team, the Cyclones, and then we'll move on. I'm going to play the devil's advocate and accuse your team of being a little bit long in the tooth. I think your players, on average, are older than most other players in the league. Tell me I'm wrong. When you have a Manny, like I think right. he's the oldest guy in the league. I mean, Manny was our only win last night, so this is a bad night oh, wow. to be crushing our age because Manu and Carballo are our main two horses, and then Manny's the grizzled vet who's just still right. got it. And Carballo has had a rough start. Uh, he had an injury last night even on top of it, so right. uh, we're hoping he can bounce back from that quick. Uh, Manu's still Manu. Not worried about him at all. Manu be ban- Manu. That's what I say. But the new guys, I mean, Flores didn't play last night because of the scheduling. He played in the first uh, uh, on Monday night, and he played right. well. Brian um, Flores, former Dolphins co- uh, <laughs> coach, right? No, Chris Flores, actually. Oh, um, okay. But, you know, the other new guys, they're, you know, I, I, it's a long season. They, they haven't gone off to a great start, but, you know, I think they would admit that. And, you know, I still have faith in them. They look good out there. I think it's okay. just... If we start making the routine plays, we're we're really close to being right where we want to be. Okay, all right. Moving on. Um, I felt like that was like a press conference. This was that was awesome. It, okay, uh, something major has happened in my life since you and I last spoke, and and since I last spoke to you all in in the podcast audience. <laughs> From owner to owner, I have become a jet setter. What does that mean? I am in the jet set now. You that own means... a, You you bought a plane? No, I oh. did not buy a plane, oh. but that may be the next step, a, a, a rickety private plane that, that I'm scared to get in. I think, but Stugat, for now, I think Stugatz flew a private jet from Phoenix to Syracuse. Sorry, just to jump he? in real fast. Like Why? Because like, I think he was trying to get to Syracuse for his daughter's lacrosse game, and he was like, you know, oh, buddy, I'm texting <laughs> SVP, I'm texting, like, you know, he's texting all his like, big wig friends. <laughs> And then, like three hours later, I see Stugatz on in- on Twitter taking a selfie in front of a jet that says "Thanks to SVP and you know whatever the jet company was." Wait a minute, Scott Van Pelt has a private jet. I think he like had pull at least to like say put Stugatz in contact with a guy in Phoenix. It's like, hey, can oh, you get great. me? Hey, can you get me out of here today? Kind of like, <laughs> Lord knows who Meadowlark, the Stugatz, who's paying for it. But yeah, right. Anyways, back to you. You back to you. Wow, we're really. We're, we've started with me as a highlight owner. Right. Went to Stugatz riding a PJ. And now we're, we'll go ahead with your announcement. Okay. I am now in the thrilling, uh, romantic, sexy world of thoroughbred racing. Yes, I own a racehorse. I'm thrilled. It's exciting. Uh, I've already gotten official for your eyes only dispatches from uh, Team Valor. What did it say? I can't tell you it's for my eyes only, but, uh, you know, it's uh, my, my horse is calmly. Uh, my friend Clark Spencer, we had him on a few I, weeks ago to talk about now, this. Now, I want you to, like, real fast before we continue. Yeah. I want to know all about this, but can I just jump in and ask? What? <laughs> does does the fact that we've interviewed Clark Spencer twice about him owning, owning a horse take away from this a little bit? Like, if, no. we, had, if we had never brought, if we have never brought Clark Spencer to the world and right. you just did this with him like on your own and then all of a sudden you were a horse owner and we had never talked to a horse owner it would i right. think it'd be a little more impressive than hey i just 
text my friend and said, yo, I want to do that thing you're doing. No, I mean, I've made no bones about the fact that I love that Clark Spencer retired from the newspaper business and the next year he's owning racehorses. And Clark now owns five pieces of five racehorses. This is my first. Um, are you going to get- share with us how much it costs to get in? Or um, I'd rather not give an exact dollar amount. I can, I can tell you, you know, it was, uh, I'm... <laughs> This is going to sound funny to Let, say. I think here's a good way to gauge it. Did you have to ask mom? Oh, I ran it past her. <laughs> <laughs> I ran it past her, but the amount was small enough where she didn't even hesitate. Uh, it was it was more than a thousand dollars, but but not much more. You know, I was, was like, I was going to guess five. So okay, it, a little bit less than five. But keep in oh, mind, me, I, I want in. I want in on this game. Yeah, you know how much I bought? How much of the racehorse? I own like half of the tail, or maybe the left ear. <laughs> I bought. Um, not quite half of one percent of calmly. Why? So why wouldn't you guys? Let's just buy a. Let's buy a percent. I'll buy. It. Like, like, can we team up? <laughs> well, I'm serious. No, like, together, t- together. Clark Spencer and I own just about one percent of calmly. But I wanted to. I want to get in on this. Let's well, get, we'll see. Why don't between the three of us we get to two percent? Let's do this. Okay. Come on. Let's, we'll let's, see. Let's, we'll see. Let's uh, let's make this worth something. So if this thing hits, we are re- like. No, this is a Philly. It, it's a uh, Philly from Great Britain from uh, Irish stock. And and just a brief because we talked about this with Clark, but just to briefly say it, this was a horse that belonged to the royal family. Uh, Queen Elizabeth loved horses. Uh, King Charles, not so much. So King Charles is divesting himself and selling some of his royal horses. And one of them is Comley. And um, Comley has raced twice already in England and won one of those two races. But they were minor races, just sort of introductory races. Yeah. And now... Uh, Comley has been sent to France, and um, and they're training her for her major debut, which is going to be in the French Oaks Classic this coming June in Chantilly, France. Yo, I'm so, so excited! Like we're gonna have to watch a race, and like it's gonna. Oh be- yeah, it's gonna be great. I, you know, I mean, like it's one of those I, things. It's like a boxing career, right? If she runs, if she wins, if she just starts winning, she's gonna like move up, right? Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. And now like, you and, can't and, like it. What happens if if uh, if she loses? Do we just you know? What do we want? Did we kill the horse? What are you talking about? <laughs> we we continue to love. I'm totally, I know. I'm totally, ki- I'm totally kidding. I'm just no. Like, it, it, that'd be like a cruel world if that's how it worked. It's like you lose one race. No, but the thing about a horse is, uh, they the horse the is a horse. The racing career of a thoroughbred racehorse is very short. A two or three year racing career. So basically, we're going to know right away. We're going to know in June after the French Oaks the potential of this horse to do anything, yeah. you know, but, but I, I, it's a, Clark has uh, convinced me it, it's a good bloodline. Uh, if, <laughs> a, if, a if, the, if the Royal family, if Buckingham palace invested in this horse with all the research they must do, it tells me that, uh, that we've bought a, a pretty promising horse here. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the 2022 Kentucky Derby uh, prize purse was three million, but I, I said, how much does the winner get? Right, it says one point eight six million of which will go to the team of the horse. Okay, so one point eight six. If if we had, if you and Clark had one percent, you're splitting eighteen thousand six hundred dollars. Okay, I'll take that. So that's nine. What nine grand each off right. of your? So you know that's that that that's not that great of a. Like ceiling for this is three to one on your money. Right. Yeah, that's true. But it, it, you know, Clark told me that this would happen, and it has. Because I've been a racehorse officially now for about three days. You've been a racehorse. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I've grown two additional legs. 
I'm a really weird looking person, more so than before. Uh, <laughs> Greg Cody, racehorse. Um, <laughs> no, Clark warned me it would happen, and it has. Which is, I honestly feel like I own this racehorse, even though I own zero. I own zero point four six percent of of this racehorse. Now, I feel like I own it. Can we talk about like? Are we allowed to talk about what you like the coals you might have in the fire for a future horse and the name? Yeah, I've I've put out a feeler to uh, another horse company. <laughs> I don't know what they're called, horse companies, <laughs> company. and um, offering to buy several shares of an unnamed horse if I can name it random evidence. And I told them who I am and that I could, you know, it would mean a lot of publicity for them because no. obviously I would write about it. And, oh, Dad, yeah. we we are playing this game so wrong. I need you to resend that email. That's not the name of the horse. Random evidence will be the name of the horse. No, no, no. I know that that's like clever. It was the name of your blog. And it's like, I want a horse named Random Evidence. Dad, I have, can I, I, you don't want to even take ideas? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's just so painfully obvious. Everyone listening to this podcast right now is saying out, I want everybody that's listening to this say out loud, you know the answer that, Dad, you could even guess what I'm going to say the name of the horse. No, I can't. Greg no. Cody. Oh, please. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you, there aren't horses named after people. Exactly. There's not a horse out there named Fred Savage. What are you talking about? Greg Cody. Go- <laughs> <laughs> Greg Cody around the last, uh, uh, the last furlong. Greg Cody. <laughs> Greg Cody by a nose. And that would be, you know, that would be fitting because the Cody's have some noses. I'll tell you that. Um, I have mom's nose. Thank God for you. Uh, but anyway, so I'm a jet setter now. I'm going to be buying a straw boater. Uh, I'm going to buy your mother one of those, the flowery hats with 30-inch brims. Uh, you know, we're going to be come racetrack denizens. But that, but I'm, what I'm learning from this is that this game, while it's expensive, if you just want to say you're an owner, you can get in for a cheap price. Right. We need to, let's go to the shittiest bloodline we can find and really take some ownership here. And for like half the price, get 30% of a horse that we're allowed to name Greg Cody. All we need is an audio clip of some race at some point having Greg Cody coming around. Like, (laughs) and we get like, (laughs) like, okay, let's do it. I'm serious. Like, I need you to text Clark right now and be like, what's the shittiest bloodline? Right. (laughs) We'll buy a glue horse and uh, it'll, uh, it'll, a glue horse. (laughs) What? You know, a horse that, is ostensibly a racehorse, but never wins, and is headed to the glue factory because he's that bad. This horse is that a thing? Yeah, it's just a joke. Glue factory. Um. Anyway, this uh, the only bad thing about about uh, my horse calmly debuting in a major way at the French Oaks uh, Classic in Chantilly is that I can't get Chantilly Lace out of my mind now. The song, I can't get it out of my mind. Chantilly Lace, and you know that song, right? No. Oh, I mean, I might if I heard it, but by your rendition, I don't know. Chantilly lace and a pretty face and a ponytail hanging down, a wiggle and a walk and a giggle and a talk. Lord, make the world go round, round, round. There ain't nothing in the world like a big eyed girl to make me act so funny. Make me spend my money, make me feel real loose like a long neck goose or like a girl. Oh, baby, that's what I like. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know that last line. That was impressive, um, honestly. That was kind of impressive. <laughs> that was the big bopper. You you just did that like that almost that that sounded so good that like it almost people might think we dropped that in and like that was <laughs> you did that live right there. That was Yeah, that the big bopper, um I barely he's 
far enough back that I barely remember him. He had his uh, Chantilly Lace was his biggest hit, and it was in 1958. So I'm a toddler. That was 50s. Wow. Yeah, and he died the next year. This will be interesting uh, to, to some people out there, particularly older people. Yeah. The Big Bopper died in the same plane crash as Buddy Holly and Richie Valens in 1959. Mm. And uh, that song, uh, th- that plane crash was so eventful in the history of music that it was immortalized by Don McLean. Um, he referred to that plane crash with the line, the day the music died in his big 1971 hit, American Pie. The day the music died. Um, Okay. (laughs) Dad, you, that that just reminded me that I I think we should start a new thing where Greg Cody interviews the oldest celebrities we can find. Right. Like, these names that you say, like, it happens, we should just start logging them. Like, names no one knows. That's actually a funny bit, like, I like Howard Stern's show at the end, because apparently, like, throughout the whole year of a show, he'll always be like, I hate this. So at the end of every year, they play a montage of, I hate this, I hate this, and it's just mm-hmm. his hates, and it's just great. It's like a two-minute montage of, like, the most random things that he just happened to right. come across. I think I we like should, the idea I think of we should do that to old people. I, like, I think we should do a montage at the end of the year with your just random old person names that you drop right. in. Where it's like like Clark Clark Mahanakani from no here's one Bert Bacharach well that one I know because of Austin Powers yeah Bert Bacharach just died uh, R I P one of the great uh, songwriters and composers of the of the last century what you know? do birds finally is that him yeah. is that right I think so yeah do you know the way to San Jose uh, yeah. he wrote a lot of songs he tended to write. But we can't songs, interview. He uh, just he, died, so we can't interview him. I know. Yeah, but but he had a plethora of uh, easy listening songs, the kind of songs that Dion Warwick and uh, you know the, the Carpenters would sing. I want you, know, you to. He, yeah, he had the Carpenters' uh, biggest hit, I think, "Close to You." He wrote all those songs. He was great. But close to it's me. Too late to interview him. Yeah, close to you. Close um, to you. I want you to come up with like your wish list for like the old like, and just go for comedic purposes. That like you're not gonna we're not gonna get a lot out of these people. Like just well. Okay, last week when we were uh, in in last week's podcast, when I was talking about trying to get my dad on the phone in heaven, yeah, I mentioned that um, I would want June Lockhart. We tried to get him this week, by the way. He wasn't available. Okay, well, the line was busy. We can't help that. Yeah, no, no, but, no. no. Um, I spoke to him. He just he's like he's like get back to me next week. Okay, good. We'll do that. Uh, how's he's it? In team? A pick- he's in a pickleball right? tournament up there. Okay, pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> that would figure. That would be something they played in heaven. Believe me. Um, but I mentioned that I wanted June Lockhart to play my mother in a movie. And then I made the line, but I don't think June is with us any longer. Well, it turns out she is. Wow. June Lockhart is like 94, and I would love to get her on the podcast. She's probably not doing interviews. Like, we have to be careful here. Like, like, like the thing is, is like, uh, it could be seen as like insensitive to like, you know, bring old people on just to like, you know, like, but you, like, it's, it's not a bit of like mocking them. Like you have genuine interest in these people. So, you know, we're going to have to figure out the people in their elder ages that are actually willing to still, of course, do stuff like this. Cause why would you honestly, what if you have like a successful career and you're old and you know, like people have these fond memories of you and then you come on and it could be sad to like talk to people. Like we're probably going to, this could backfire on us this idea of talking to the oldest celebrities we can find well i just you know june lockhart uh, was the sitcom queen as i was growing up she the meant Sween. a lot to me and um dick van dyke is in his mid-90s and he's an example of a guy who's 
sharp as a tack. I mean, Dick Van Dyke is still making public appearances, and he's great. I would love to get him on, another icon from my ute. Yeah, so let's get Van Dyke on. Yeah, so that's like I like this. Like, we, let's do it off off air, but uh, okay. let's 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 come up with a list, a wish list, okay. and, we'll, and I'll try to go after him. Okay. Um, again, off air, I'm asking you something right now that I don't want to be on. But do, do you want to do three facts, Jack? Now you want to go to Zach Thomas? What do you, where do you want why, to go, Dad? Next? Why wouldn't you just keep it flowing? Like, like just bring up those things. Like, just I, you know what? That's all staying in. Move on to one of them. We were having such a nice flowing conversation and you stopped it to ask me what of the next two topics you should bring up when you could bring up either one right now in this conversation. Okay, this this whole derailment better not get in the podcast. I don't want it to. It's not. Okay. Just just bring it up. Okay. Go ahead. If it if it gets in, I will demand that it be taken out. There you go. Okay. Well, that that anger kind of makes me want to leave all of it in now. No. Um before we get to three facts, Jack, and it's another blockbuster. Um I want to talk about uh, Zach Thomas, the Dolphins' great linebacker, finally getting into the Hall of Fame. Me too. That was awesome. It was. You know, and, and Zach is one of these in-between Dolphins where uh, he played recently enough where even someone your age remembers him and, and feels like they know him. You know, I think we're out of touch with a lot of the, the older Dolphins, you know, Larry Zonka, and, and that's yeah. just a name to a lot of people. But Zach Thomas, you, you remember him. You remember he was always the undersized guy, the tackle machine at middle linebacker. He waited 10 years to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he was denied 10 years in a row. Finally, he made it. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to him, and uh, he's so grateful, this guy. You know, he still thinks of himself as, you know, the eight-year-old kid from West Texas who nobody thought would make it because he was too small. You know, he, he was like all state in high school, but only got two small college offers. Uh, he was All-American in college and didn't get drafted until the fifth round when Jimmy Johnson took a shot at him on him. So, you know, he's been proving doubters wrong his entire career. Uh, he told me that um, the very first year he was with the Dolphins in 1996, uh, they had that preseason banquet where fans get to sit at a table of 10 and there's one random player at each table. And when Zach walked to the table, he said he could see the disappointment on the table's faces, the fans' faces, because they didn't know who he was. They didn't think he was a player because yeah. he was, a, you know, he was five. They listed him as 5'10". He was probably 5'9 at the most. You know, I looked <laughs> him right in the eye. I mean, he was not uh, a, a big guy at all. But uh, now he's in the Hall of Fame. And, and I'm, uh, I'm so happy personally because I've known Zach a long time, admired him a long time as more than just a player. And I'm truly happy that he got in because it's deserving. And we just, you don't get a lot of, at least down here, like we don't, you don't get a ton of Hall of Fame inductees in your, it's not like every few years, someone from your team's history. It's like, who's, right. who are, who are our Hall of Famers? You know, I know, but like, I mean, in my era is what I'm talking about. I yeah, know yeah. if you go back to like the Zonkas, there's a bunch of them, but like right. guys that I watched play, you know, Wade's obviously about to go in and stuff. So, yeah. like, we're going to see some in the next, as I get older, obviously. Right. And that's the main the main takeaway for me from this class is, man, I'm old. Right. I, like, I've watched every snap of DeMarcus Ware's career, Darrell Revis. Uh, Rondé Barber made the Hall of Fame. That was a weird one for me. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And Joe Thomas, I watched his whole to his whole career, Zach. And, and, and so it's just, like, it makes me feel old. But, yes, I can't remember being happier to the point of I haven't had a lot of these to root for, but Zach Thomas for a few years now, it's like it angers us every year. So for him to finally get in is just super cool. And that video with Jimmy Johnson, 
I mean, you know, Dan was talking about how he used to cover that, you know, like you, that team, and that those that Jason Taylor would be like crying after big losses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Zach Thomas never. He might be like pissed, but like stoic. Yeah. And to see him sob just proves like he wasn't crying during the games, but this yeah. like the, like to prove how much it meant to him was really cool. Right. To see yeah. Zach and, and Thomas he... li- whip a uh, lip quivering crying is like always the good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he. And, and the emotion, you know, that's not contrived. He waited a long time for this. Um, I asked him, did he ever give up hope that he might get in someday? And he said, hope's been too good for me to give up on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just. Let's uh, let's pause this and get to some sound we have of him. He did a yeah, press conference yeah. and let's hear uh, let's hear him talk about it. All right. I know a lot of people have questions, but before I let you go and, and you move on. Have you decided? I know it's it's sudden, but have you decided on a presenter yet? Right. Who would be your guest? Jimmy Johnson? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All day long. Um, he's a guy that gave me a start rookie year from the get-go. He threw me in the mix from the get-go. I was there for special teams. Mike Westoff helped out and get me there. But Jimmy put trust in me before we even played a football game, man. We played a preseason game. He's like, all right, you're going to be starting. And he told me, don't let me down. And I, I never wanted to let him down because of that start. Because, man, it was, I was a long shot, man. I never got the respect I felt like I needed. And that's my motivation. But, you know, for being my size, most of the way, because I didn't fit the part. But it gives hope to those kids that that don't fit the part, that are undersized. You know, they you could end up a Hall of Famer one day if you just believe on yourself and bet on yourself. And I feel like that's what I did. Um, but I'm lucky to have some badasses around me um, my whole career, man. It's crazy. Uh, Ray Foyan for that. Thanks so much. Enjoy the ride. Hey, thank you, Al. Appreciate it, man. We'll go to David Ferrone of South Florida Sun Sentinel. There's video circulating of the moment when you found out you were in the hall and it's Jimmy Johnson breaking the news to you. Can you describe the emotions of uh, receiving that welcome surprise and uh, for it to be Coach Jimmy Johnson? Oh, man. It was powerful. I uh, went to lunch with my mom and I didn't even think they even voted on it yet. And uh, so I come home and I'm walking up the stairs and I see Jimmy in a gold jacket, man just sitting, I mean, standing there and man, I broke down, man. I cried even thinking about it now. And uh, I really appreciate that guy, man. You know, it's crazy how you got to rely on so many other things and choices of a coach because I could have went anywhere else and, you know, might not have been the right system for me. Might not have been the right coach for me. They might not have took a chance on me. Um, Jimmy was the guy that did. And so for him to be there, that was wild, man. I'm, I'll remember that for the rest of my life and for my family to be there too because my kids really didn't ever get to, they didn't get to see me play unless it's, you know, old tape. But for them to be there for that moment was special. I don't know if I even asked the right the question, but, uh, you know, I'm just rambling away. That's Zach all the way, because when I think of Zach, uh, I think of the word gratitude. And he doesn't just have gratitude now that he's in the Hall of Fame or or will be when he's inducted in August. He had gratitude 
a year ago when I talked to him after his latest disappointment, after he didn't get in. And he's like, oh, man, how am I going to be disappointed after the career and the life that football gave me? But that's what he's saying publicly. You could see in those tears that this means a lot to him. I mean, you got to just imagine like, God, that is just such like in terms of like other careers don't have this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like you, I mean, I guess there are like, I guess there are hall of fames in some other professions. Like there's some are, is there some hall of fame that you could make at some point? Or you've been, actually you did. Are you in something? Um, or no, like the orange bowl. Oh yeah. I'm in some orange bowl media something I don't, i'm not sure but <laughs> you're real touched by it i saw well you no, know, it's a big honor at the time i just can't think of what it is I, I, isn't know. that the thing i went with you to like you spoke at it and stuff that was i think yeah i think that was so. right when grayson was born grayson was yeah. like a few weeks old that was like my first time out of the house in like three oh, weeks wow. after my kid okay. was born i was like honey i'm leaving you with the kid i'll be back in a few hours and i went right. to, and I, me and you took a picture with the big orange bolt remember the big orange that's right yeah so that would have been probably january 2018 or something yeah. like that yeah um yeah that was a nice honor but uh yeah i mean just super happy for zach thomas i really am because but what i was saying you is know, he, not that, uh, let me just finish where i was going yeah. with that is that like other careers don't get this chance to just like the ultimate you were one you're one of the best ever to do this and a lot of mm-hmm. people have done this is like you know like there should be like i i say this half kiddingly like mechanics and uh the restaurant business and teachers right. like there should be and i'm sure some local counties might have like some sort of hall of fames for teachers that that has to exist right, right. Yeah. What are we doing, counties, probably. if we're not doing that? But anyways, right, probably. But gotta love Zach Thomas getting in. That was just all great. Yeah, there's there's one linebacker in the Hall of Fame, one, who had more career tackles than Zach Thomas, and that's Ray Lewis. And and uh, so he was just more than deserving. He made more all-pro teams and more Pro Bowls than Jason Taylor. Than Jason Taylor. And he had 22% more career tackles than Erlacher, who got in on the first ballot. That so, was the big one. That was the one that was a slap oh, yeah. in the face. Yeah. So but but here here again, one guy, Erlacher, is is a first team, first uh ballot. First ballot guy, first round guy, looks the part. Six three. Yeah. Here's Zach, five nine, fifth round. He, you know, you start off behind the eight ball yeah. in terms of getting to the Hall of Fame when you're an undersized fifth round guy. You just do. Um, you know, I mean Tom Brady certainly uh, it became an all-time great from the sixth round, but those guys are so rare, you know, the Zachs and the Tom Brady's. So it's um, it's thrilling that he's in, and I'm real happy for him. Um, let's get to a three facts, Jack, shall we? Yeah. Okay. There are three things that interest him, so sit right back for three facts, Jack. Three facts, Jack. Number three. <laughs> James Madison, chief architect of the Bill of Rights and maybe the most influential founding father, also was America's shortest president at 5'4", a full foot shorter than the tallest Abraham Lincoln. Huh. Did not know that until this nah. week. A 5'4 president. Wow. That's crazy. Short presidents. That's That would be a lot to be the leader of the nation. In the social media age, people who didn't vote for James Madison would be making fun of him like you wouldn't believe. Or maybe they'd latch on. Maybe maybe he'd be an internet star and he could be. I mean, Donald Trump was president, so I don't know what we're... That's true. James Madison was the size of a jockey. He could be the jockey on Comley uh, in Chantilly in June. But anyway, was, he, was he overweight? 
I don't didn't know him. Um, James, <laughs> James, why do I think of James Madison as overweight? Maybe I'm thinking of a different guy. I have no idea. All right, let's move on from James Madison, shall yeah. we? Number two, from local repertory theater to Broadway. I was wrong. What? <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> he, he, what, what like, he doesn't seem overweight. Anyway, did did he have a beard? A lot of no. A lot of presidents had beards. No. Okay, from local repertory repertory theater to Broadway, an enduring superstition in the theater is to never allow a peacock feather on the stage. That's because the natural design of the feather contain uh, what is thought to be an evil eye that may bring bad luck in the form of technical snafus and other chaos. I never knew that. I mean, the, the facts are bright. You're bringing it. You're bringing and it so it, far. Well, this is the greatest fact because this shocked me. Okay, number one. Uh, this, is, this is number three? No, I go three, two, one. Okay, sorry. Number one. Most people think of clouds as light and airy. In fact, these enormous collections of water vapor are extremely heavy. Look up in the sky right now. Look at a cloud. Well, the U.S. Geological Survey indicates the average cumulus cloud weighs 1.1 million pounds. I got news for you. If I can fall right through you, you're not heavy. Well, that's what that's what most people think. But clouds so are, are full it, are, but of water vapor. They're not saying that I would like land on them. If a if if a cloud if clouds started falling from the sky onto Earth, I think we'd all be running for our lives. We'd all be terrorized. Wow, <laughs> that's I mean, a movie a, idea. That's a movie idea. A one million pound cloud. Clouds to falling. Earth. That's right, climbing to Earth like a meteor. Clouds falling could be a good title for a movie. That, that's actually that is a good title for a movie. Um, uh, falling clouds? No, I sort of like clouds falling. Yeah, I sort of like clouds falling. Yeah, uh, that that reminds me. I'm I'm in the process of writing a, a country song, and I'm trying to come up with really? a title for it. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I wanna... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I feel like we're burying the lead here. Dear, you gonna you? Can you give us a little snippet? Well, uh, it it isn't written yet, and and I'm <laughs> yet he doesn't know this yet. But I I may in no the 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 frame of it is the skeleton of it is. What, the um, music or the lyrics? The lyric. I'm gonna. I may invite Yeti to be involved in the project. From <laughs> you a, might. Are you like? Are you running through different musicians and like seeing who you want to bring on? Yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I may. Uh, you know, or are I, you gonna? Or are you gonna just hit play on like a musical instrument on your computer and record it on your iPhone? Like no, you've done I don't before. know. How to do, if I that, knew how to do that, I what would. Do you mean, you've done that before, where you're like, "Hey, th I think we should air this," and it's like you singing into your phone over like a. Oh yeah, a, yeah, a, a like. Like the no, worst I quality. I a, yeah, I, but I pick a karaoke uh, version of a song. Right, but usually you can, if you have like editing softwares, you can grab right. that audio and then get good audio and pair them together. Yeah, you I don't know. it off the terrible audio of your phone. And right. the, the phone is picking up the music. The music is, in, all right, whatever. I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. I know. I don't know how to do that. But, but at any rate. Um, at, at, at any rate. Who says that? That's such an old saying. At any rate, I, I always say at any rate. Uh, in any case, it's a fancier way of saying in any case. No, it's at less. Rate, no, it's worse. In, at, it's 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 a downgrade from that. No, at any rate, kicks the ass of at any case. No, that's okay, not true. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. I Put want to say one thing. Put it on the poll, Yeti. Okay, this gets back to to my buying into a racehorse. Uh, this gets back to me writing a country song. This gets back to me. Uh, being involved in writing a book with Ron McGill. Um, this gets back to uh, how much I love PFPI and how much it means to me. I think, you know, some of this is subliminal, but then it comes to the surface and you, and you realize it as an epiphany. 
I think the older you get, and I'm in my 60s now, my late 60s, the older you get and the more you feel the weight of mortality. Yeah. You know, the more you want to do stuff like write a book, like write a country song, uh, you know, buy a racehorse. You know, it, it's weird. I, yeah. I can't even explain it any way other than that. You you know, the, the, the closer you get to the end, the more shit you want to do. You know, it's just, yeah. it's weird. It's, it's prob- weird. It's you know? probably, you know... That's just wild. Like aging is, it's wild. That's, it is. You're probably right. Like I hadn't even really considered that, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's funny. It just came. It just came to me recently because think about it. it. Just in the past couple of months, all of a sudden I'm writing a book. Um, you know, I'm buying a racehorse. What am I doing? You know what? Why am I doing this? And and I think there's a, a reason for it. You're saying yes to things, right? I mean. I think your whole life, things just kind of come across like your desk, like Ron McGill offer, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? It's not like you went out to write a book. Ron McGill, like, just reached out to you about this, right? Yeah, no, that's true. And and the horse thing happened uh, by happenstance. Like, we talked to Clark Spencer and I'm like, hey, you should do that. And you're like, you know, I will send a text. You're just, right. you turned into Yes Man. You're Jim Carrey in the movie Yes Man, where <laughs> he's like this, like, down and out guy who just is miserable and then right. he goes to this convention where it's like say yes to everything and then he just like lives his life where like some random person's like hey man can can, can you help me with this and he helps him with it and then it's like he goes okay. to a bar and they're like hey you want to go to uh my buddy's i just got a call from my buddy we're raging tonight we're going to and he's like all right i'm going you know what i mean and then all of a sudden his life wow. turns around he meets a girl so you're gonna wow. you, might, you might meet a woman I might. That's boy. That's yeah. uh, Jim Carrey, huh? I never heard of that movie. Look out at the gas stations. That's where he meets his love. So no flirting at the gas. I know you're right. a big gas station flirter. So don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna remember that. Um, I want to do uh some a couple of dad jokes here, <clears throat> which are very popular. We gotta. We gotta get out by the way, because we gotta talk about you know <laughs> this thing called the Super Bowl that we've completely that we've completely neglected this episode. I know we're gonna we're gonna get to the Super Bowl. I want to do uh, talk real super quick about LeBron James breaking the all time record. What but a first, game it was! What a Super Bowl! But first, we gotta hurry up though. You really we really are going long. Okay, dad <laughs> jokes. What part of a fish weighs the most? Um, I was I'm trying to th- find something with the gills. Uh, uh, I don't, the Billy gills. What the scales? Oh man, so right there in front of me. Okay, what do you get when you cross a plane and a magician? Dead air. Go ahead. A flying sorcerer. Yeah. Okay, this is a, this is an easy one. You better get this one. What tree has the most bark? Um, a dogwood. A dogwood. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay, dad jokes of the week, patent pending. Um, so LeBron James breaks the all-time scoring record, which we knew he would. We saw it coming. It was a countdown. But what interested me the most was the Nike video congratulating him, right? A career-spanning video by Nike. And you know that they're not putting out a video that LeBron James hasn't seen and approved. Yeah. It shows a lot, as you'd imagine, of his time with the Lakers, his present team. It shows a lot of his time with Cleveland, his original team. Zero from his four years with the Miami Heat. Really? Zero. Because I, I saw some montages, maybe just, but you're saying specifically the Nike one. That is, this, that is a big omission. This was the official Nike ad. LeBron James uh, scored 20% of his points, one-fifth of his career, in effect, 
was with the Miami Heat, including two championships. Zero in that Nike video reflecting his Heat years. And but I zero, you, Dad. But zero is a lot. Like obviously, it's not a lot. The zero is like extreme. Like they should have had. But I think at this point, isn't he? I mean, did he? Did he he's the Heat are kind of his third team at this point. That's fine. But he won two championships there. He played twenty percent of his career there. You have I don't care if it's one minute. I don't care if it's him and and Dwayne Wade hugging each other. You have to reflect the heat years. So you're we're mad at Nike right now? I mean, like, come on, like what are we? I mean listen, it's indicative of the chili divorce. It the, the relationship between Pat Riley. Oh, you and think it's a statement LeBron? from LeBron? Yes. Because the, that the Lakers one. So you're saying he didn't have control over the Lakers one cuz like I'm pretty sure there was like a video montage like they played during the game like when it happened at the arena. Right. Like during like the whole commotion where they like paused the game like there was a right. video ready. It was like of kind of one of those things and I think they showed heat stuff on that one. So it's Okay. I'm talking specifically about the Nike ad. And okay. if, okay, I mean, do, you cannot argue with me that LeBron James and Pat Riley don't have a great relationship right now. That's a, another example. A couple of weeks ago, uh, Pat Riley in an interview says, to me, Kareem, Kareem will always be the greatest. LeBron's about to surpass his career record. Maybe to that's, me, Kareem will always be the greatest. Maybe that's when he sent the email of, like, cut the heat part out. Like, at any like, rate, it's a frosty relationship right now that needs mending. Uh, that's all I'm saying. And mentioning. Exactly, which I just did. There you go. Even though you argued with me the entire time. I mean, that's we're doing a podcast, Dad. I, don't know I know. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Hey, how about that Super Bowl, huh? <laughs> Let's get to it, because it was a wild game, even though it's tomorrow. Yeah, we sure hope it was a wild game, don't we? What if it's the dullest Super Bowl ever? Everybody expects it to be such a great Super Bowl. What if, uh, Dad, this doesn't work for the podcast because people have already watched the game. So let's get to our conversation about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> nice chat with you. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Man, that is a textbook game where you look at it and you're like, man, that must have been a great game. <laughs> but it kind of just farted at the end. Whenever somebody's kneeling a oh. couple times before kicking a game-winning field goal chip shot, for sure, but it was an anticlimactic ending, and and I, even though it worked, I question the strategy of ever intentionally not scoring a touchdown. I I get it, I understand right. why they did it, but it, if that had been, if if he had missed that kick and sent it into overtime, and the Eagles ultimately win, man, the Chiefs and Andy Reid are subject to so much second guessing and and justified criticism. So they're lucky that it turned out that way. We were like having the debate. It's like, would you rather be up seven 
with the team having a minute left on the clock or be up three and they have seven, eight seconds left. Right. I actually said the Eagles took a timeout. Was it in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter? That timeout they took, they were third and 11. They were in field goal range. I think they should have just eaten those five yards. Yeah. Take a delay a game and just have a third and 16. And Because that timeout, that's huge. That's an extra 40 seconds that they yeah, have that was the big. ball. Yeah, that was big. I'm not sure the better team won, even though I picked Kansas City to win and, and got my pick right. The best player won. The best player won. Mahomes won. And, and he had a great second half. But they did get a little bit fortunate. You know, they got the defensive touchdown. Uh, they had the longest punt return in Super Bowl history to set up their second touchdown. So defense and special teams really um, overshadowed, uh, ultimately, the the great individual game that Jalen Hurts had that he now historically isn't going to get much uh, credit for. He produced four touchdowns. He had a great game. And now he watches uh, Mahomes uh, waltz off with his MVP trophy. But all in all, despite the anticlimactic ending, uh, I, I thought it was uh, an, an epic game. I think you're going to yeah. mention this with the great Super Bowl game. How is Travis Kelsey always open? Oh my God! Like we're just gonna say it forever. And why was he so angry after the game? He did the weren't the the Chiefs perennial favorites going into this year. I don't he, know what he, he's talking about. He's nobody. like nobody's like everybody had the Chiefs or the Bills in the in the Super Bowl from the AFC. Yeah, like, I mean, come on, Travis. What I hate it when when athletes play the nobody respected us, but nobody gave us a shot card when it absolutely is untrue. You know, if it's a team that. Didn't get respect. I see that mentality. Like, but it's just but this, simply, no. it's just simply not true with the Chiefs. No, I mean, granted, in in the preseason Super Bowl poll, the Buffalo Bills were the the Super Bowl favorite over Kansas City. Maybe that's what he had in mind. I don't know, but yeah, he's full of shit when he says that. I mean, come on, you're Kansas City. You have Patrick Mahomes. Uh, maybe he was playing off the fact that they were a point and a half underdog uh, to Philly. I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, they. It, it was two powerhouses. I mean, two number one seeds, two 16 and three teams. No Cinderella's here. It was, it was a great like matchup. The, the, the same amount of points to almost on the season. Like they, that one graphic they put up where it showed the similarities between the two teams was wild. Right. But I, I, I mean, feel like, I feel like Kelsey's just riding the wave of that jabroni thing from last week. Right. And he's like, I want to do something else fun. Like, it was just like, nobody respected us. It's like, yeah. Travis, literally everyone respected you. Right, exactly. <laughs> you couldn't but have been a more respected team. You could not have been. <laughs> I mean, you have the best quarterback in football. You have Andy Reid as your coach. You know, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, but but Reid now with, with two and one of 14 coaches with multiple Super Bowl wins, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, minting his legendary status uh, in the making. Um, I love you know, Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid just being as likable as possible, telling Tom Rinaldi, "I could kiss you on the mouth right now." I know. <laughs> and, and then on the post-game stage, uh, Terry Bradshaw saying to Andy Reid, "Waddle on over here," which is great because Andy <laughs> Reid does waddle. I gotta tell. I gotta say, he waddles, and uh, and he knew he did. He smiled at uh, Bradshaw when he said it, but. Great Super Bowl, mainly because yeah. I got it right. And, and the you know, we had a small gathering at my house. My Boston butt, I had a couple of Boston butts going. They were fabulous. The pulled pork I make is just the greatest. Uh, he's, I, my pulled pork finished second in the MVP voting. 
to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's how about how good Rihanna? How about Rihanna? Oh my God! I thought that, she put on a great show. Uh, that stage was so cool. It was great. The the, the, the choreography. You know, she's pregnant. I, I, I know. learned that during the yeah. But just she played all the songs. Yeah, and it was just Chef's Kiss. I know, and and I, I love she that. Won, uh, she might have won the night, honestly. As good as that game was, I still think Rihanna might have been better. It was absolutely great, and I also enjoyed the fact that uh, imagining uh, the look on Roger Goodell's face when she was doing some of that crotch grabbing and you know some of the risque choreography and everything. How about her uh, which starting was, with know? her starting with "Be better, have my money." I know that was great. Yeah. That was not the betting favorite. I think Diamonds was the betting favorite to be her opening number. But a lot of people on Twitter were going, no, this is the song she's going to start with. And they were right. Uh, I thought it was great. You know, I've, I've admired Rihanna as as a, you know, just an influential singer and businesswoman. Uh, I didn't really know that much about her full catalog and how many hits she'd have. But I recognize just about every song she played. What a powerhouse performance by her. I agree that, with you. She yeah. She was right up to the game in terms of uh, quality that night. We found love was just such a good, like, I know you probably don't know what song that was. It was just the one, like, that was like the highlight of the performance for me. Just like, it's just such a banger. She was absolutely terrific. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, And speaking Uh, of eating, you mentioned your Boston butt. Speaking of eating eating butt, um, it's Valentine's Day this week. Hello, that's right. Tuesday. Don't forget it. This is our clunky way of, uh, you know, promoting our stuff on the way out here. Right. We have 25% off this Tuesday only. Dad, uh, we have a bunch of fun new shirts. Greg Cody, what is it? What is Greg Cody is a lover or loves love? or Yeah, there's some something that Greg Cody is for lovers or something like that. Greg but- Cody is for lovers. We've got an, wow. uh, our new line. Our, uh, our spring selection is on display. Right. I particularly like the new... Uh, theme shirt, uh, love theme shirt that says time for love to kick the crap out of hate. I think that's the shirt that is really flying yeah. off the, the racks. So on Tuesday, 25% off. Go go do that. Support us. Um, it helps pay for Yeti and I so my dad doesn't hemorrhage money on this podcast. And right. uh, so just know that that money is going <laughs> to this great production that you're getting right here. That's correct. And uh, we thank you all. Hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl and Rihanna as much as we did. Hope you enjoyed this episode because I had a good time doing it. And uh, thank you all very much. I I never want to take for granted how much we appreciate uh, you tuning in and and listening to our pod every week. Really appreciate it. Love you guys. Love you uh, guys, gals, and uh, animals listening. Whoever's listening, we love you. I got anything. <laughs>